0: done
1: the following production is part of the we be geeks podcast collective all this has happened before Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant
2: Ninja Turtles Tom Kane this
3: is, the voice of Yoda on Star
2: Wars Hey yo, it's Woke Pat, and a big yee to you all, I used to be Luke too
0: Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan, I play Jedi Master Shakti
2: Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster Hi, this is Jim Hi, this is Bill Farmer, you're listening to the Neverland Podcast Welcome to Neverland,
1: to Disney and beyond
0: And it will all happen again and now,
1: your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of each pan, Jeremy. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think that in happiest thought. We're flying away to Neverland again. Hi there! you might be new to the show uh, so i need to tell you who i am although i guess you just heard it in the intro but i am that guy you just heard about i'm jeremy you can call me the spider pan i am head lost boy around here in neverland and we sound a little different because once again we are on location so i'm using a different microphone i'm here with lost boy phil hey there hello so we've got actually a lot of things to talk about today we're going to go visit the trailer park and i got tons of trailers to go and hit and we just sat and watched some trailers even a trailer that wasn't new, but it's to kind of help you get more knowing what's happening on one of these movies. But we got a lot of things that happened in the, in the fandom this week, and uh, lots of things to cover...
0: Spanning the Disney and geek universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland.
1: Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna. There's there's some bit of news that I'm gonna save for discussion later, but I want to get up to some actual news. I need to kind of go almost backwards with how I've got it on the computer, but uh, this I found this to be pretty interesting. The headline here, and this was on the Disney Parks blog, NBA will resume the 2019-2020 season at Walt Disney World Resort. woo <laughs> Yeah, that's odd. Now, personally, I'm not a fan of NBA. Me really. neither, but hey. And it's mainly if we had a Kansas City team, I bet you I'd care. Mm-hmm. That's the way I am. If it's not, if, if, I only care about my local teams. And if I, if I don't have a horse in the race, I'm not watching the race. I don't really care. And I even, uh, <laughs> when I was uh, at UCM, University of Central Missouri, I was I I one of my classes we were learning to film sports and I was there filming some basketball games and I actually cared who won because it was my university team. Well, actually no, I think this was a tournament and I don't think I got to watch the UCM team play, but I would have cared who won. But I realized there are so many rules in basketball that I don't understand
2: what's going on and that whistle kept blowing constant like what do you do? What do you do? You know? I will say this. I really enjoy the game of basketball. Now, I'm back, terrible at it. Back, oh, hey, I'm, I can't play it, but it's too fast for me. It's just too fast for me. I, I really enjoy watching it, but I can't keep up with it. It's too fast. You barely turn and, and something's changed. But I know what you from Chicago are thinking. Oh, bull. No, I'm kidding. In reality, that's a really great sport, and I, it takes a lot of talent. And yeah. you got to be really with yeah. it, man.
1: But here's what's going on. So it says here, gameplay will resume on July 30th with 22 teams and the eight teams in each conference with the highest current winning percentages and the six teams currently within six games of the eighth seed in either conference competing to determine seeding for the NBA playoffs. The playoffs will feature sixteen teams, and the NBA Finals will end no later than October 13th at ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Uh, it sounds like they're going to play all the games on resort property. Yeah. Now, what I but uh, does say that. Uh, uh, July, there will be some team practices and games. They're all playing at ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Uh, also, in, so in the arena, the HP Fieldhouse and Visa Athletic Center. Um, now, it says, based on current league guidelines, which were developed in consultation with public health experts and government officials, all games will be held without spectators. So... NBA's back, but you're not going to be able to get tickets to go and watch a game. But uh, I guess, you know, it'll be back on TV, so you'll be able to watch. So I'm sure that you know, all your basketball fans, I got good news for you. It's back on, and it's kind of cool they're playing it all in Walt Disney World Resort, but mainly because ESPN, I guess. So I guess it, it does save on travel
2: and whatnot. But I don't know, know why. You don't, can... LeBron don't have to move anywhere. Didn't he play for Florida? <laughs> I can't help but think. About the Goofy uh, cartoons, remember when he played? Yes, he played, played basketball. Yeah.
1: That's on Disney Plus. We yeah, watched yeah, that one you know. the other day. And the, the one guy rooting for the other team, yay! Put his little flag. Wasn't there a short Goofy or whatever? Was? Yeah, he was, yeah. A, little, he was yeah. a little guy waving a little flag for the opposite, like the visiting team, going go team. He remind me of the little king in the, in the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, me too. Hooray for the king! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's not so great news. Now, the thing is, this doesn't give a lot of detail, but uh, I'm, once again, go to the uh, Disney Parks blog. Uh, the state of California has indicated that it's going to not issue theme park reopening guidelines until sometime after July 4th. Now, Disneyland, they were wanting to open uh, by July, well, downtown Disney at least July 9th, and then they were going to start soft opening really every, all the parks after that. but... There's potentially going to be some delays because they need to figure out what those California guidelines are going to be in Disneyland, yeah, yeah. and so they can of course comply. Because uh, now I don't want to get into the reasons why we seem to be having a resurgence, but let's just say we're having a resurgence. Yeah, everyone's going to draw their own conclusion on what they think is the reason for having a resurgence. And how concerned each individual is, that is up to you. That's not what I'm here for. I'm just telling you what's happening. Okay? So Disneyland's gonna get the delay. I've heard something that Walt Disney World might get the delay too because Florida's putting some new guidelines down and, and I like some of their bars are shutting down and now, stuff. Now, so what Walt Disney, Disney World
2: may have some restrictions so up, you have to check that yourself. Disneyland and <coughs> Disney World, do they have to go pretty much by the same rules or different ones because mm. of different states? Different states have different rules.
1: Okay. Uh, Florida has tried to go and like oh knuckle down because Florida was starting to have a little bit of trouble too and I have heard something some somebody had posted somewhere about Walt Disney World has maybe changed a little bit because I think Walt Disney World was starting to kind of roll back out and get a few things open but I don't know things may have altered over there I didn't see anything over there but I know Disneyland was Disneyland was open was coming up open later than Walt Disney World uh, and with different restrictions but with California not going to issue until July 4th which or sometime after July 4th. They're not going to release their guidelines, which, th- I, I don't know, the, the movie Jaws comes to mind where they, like, we, we can't open the beach because it's July 4th, right? Yeah. I sounds like California is trying to be, you know, Sheriff Brody, like, don't open it up until we know. Yeah. What about the holiday? I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I, it sounds like they're kind of Marshall Brody. And I don't know, California's got a, t- got a tighter, uh, Population in Missouri, they might have a bit more risk factor well, of people do, they're, they're sharing it. So they have a
2: whole lot of people. It's very, very yeah.
1: So there. you know, we'll we'll just let them figure out what they're doing. But until until Disney hears what California's restrictions are going to be like, they don't know what they are going to be able to do when reopening. But you have to realize uh, they
2: have to deal with to they have to deal with the mayor and all that. And The mayor says, "You say Barracuda, we say, huh? What? You say Shark." Oh, we got a panic on our hands for the 4th of July.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew you had to go there. Yeah, yeah, you had to go there. Of course.
1: Didn't I see something like that? that are, are we like in an anniversary? Because it was 1975, wasn't 1975. it, for Jaws? So this is what, like the 45th anniversary? No. 40, you know, yeah, about 45th anniversary yeah, yeah. of Jaws? Mm-hmm. And 4th of July coming up there here. There you go.
2: Yeah. So, hey! hey yeah. I happen to love, I happen to... Jaws is one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I have a lot of all-time favorites, but that's one of them. That's brother. definitely one of them. You, you, I'm even looking right now. He's got
1: Funkos. He's got the shark, and he's got Brody, and he's got um, the captain, and he's got... Not Paul Newman. Um, oh, wow. Richard Dreyfuss. Richard Dreyfus, Another yeah. big name. actor. Yeah. Which... You know what? After after listening to the audiobook of the book, the movie's much better than oh, the book. Oh, it is. It is. They, so much and, better. And that's
2: because of Steven Spielberg.
1: Yeah, and Richard Dreyfuss' character was a now, scumbag the, in the, the book. The author... it's oh, terrible.
2: Yeah, and the author, uh, by the way, is in the movie. Really? Yeah, you know the reporter? In the town? Yeah, you know the reporter in the movie who's sitting there uh, talking about the sharks? I haven't seen that movie that okay, many times. I am not a big fan of Jaws. Uh, if you ever <laughs> see the movie... If you, I've, there, no, I've seen it. I even had to watch it in Film Appreciation. I'm, I'm talking to the folks. Right. Okay. You ever seen the movie, there's a reporter who is uh, filming on the beach on 4th of July, and that reporter is the author of the book. <laughs> That's him.
1: And one really great change, uh, spoiler warning I guess, but goodness sakes, it's 45 years old if you haven't seen it by now, but uh, one of the big changes in the book, the shark just suddenly succumbs to the wounds, right when he's coming for right. Brody. Like
2: Moby Dick. Yeah, it, it, he kind of directs,
1: and so in the movie, it's this smile, you son of a gun. It's yeah. this great
2: dramatic great. moment. They set it up, yeah. and Spielberg says, "I want people to cheer when that shark dies. Yeah. I want them to be up and and yeah, it is a great that and another. there's a lot of great things in yeah. that movie. Just originally, the He's first got to hang scene. Up there. Sorry, <laughs> originally in that movie, the first scene, you're supposed to see the shark up and swallow the woman you're supposed to but they couldn't get it to happen of course but it ended up making all the oh things it's so was, scary The opening yeah and it was supposed to be Ooh. all this stuff you're supposed to see the shark and all they couldn't they didn't have the special effects for it it's so much better the way it yeah ended when up. you can't oh, see that and they had so many problems movie. with the
1: mechanical shark that and i think was it even i think well no john williams wrote the music that he said yes. the music is the shark but i think it might have been george that even told steven just film it from yeah, the shark's the perspective.
2: perspective, yeah, it, which made it so. Because when you don't see it, it'll be oh, scary. So it's true. It, it, John Williams made that film. John one Williams one, made one, it, it, it work with Spielberg's Oh, has. and I've
1: even heard, heard like podcasts of when they've kind of. I, there's even one called Blockbuster where they kind of retell the story of the making of Jaws and Star Wars. Yeah. and they they got people playing playing the roles of George and Steven and John yeah, Williams, where because John Williams was like, okay, I've got the theme for Jaws for you. And John Williams, he's, he's got a good sense of humor, and he's I guess he's done some funny stuff with Steven Spielberg before, but he goes and he plays do doo do doo, doo, on a piano. Yeah, he's and like, and Steven Spielberg is like, ha, 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 that's funny. Okay, now play the real thing. And John yeah, that says, it. that's it. But we start slowly. And as that shark gets closer, because the music mm-hmm. is your shark. Because you said you yeah. you don't have your, you can't see your like shark, a machine. but that music will tell you that thing's coming. And you can't see it, but you know it's there, and that's scary. And that first, the, like, the, the Jaws is interesting in that it's a horror movie at first, mm-hmm. and then comes this fun sea adventure, and then it becomes a horrific monster movie
2: again. Yeah, it's great. And, and, so, the, and the other thing is... It's, I, it's,
1: I'm not a fan of it,
2: but it is a great and movie. And at the end <laughs> of the film, there, another movie of Steven Spielberg that he did before that was called Duel. Yeah. And they used some of the same T-Rex sound effects that they didn't use in Duel, because Duel and Jaws kind of go together, which, yeah, by the way, I bought, a DVD, I bought a DVD of yesterday, a Duel. Dual.
1: Yeah. I watched part of it. They had it on... Uh, um, Oh, what's the guy's name? He's got a show on Saturdays we'll now. Watch it and he, 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 he <laughs> darkens his eyes and he shows like old horror movie stuff and he kind of jokes on him. Sven Guli. Sven Guli actually was showing, my, if you heard my wife in the background, she's hiding back there trying to play <laughs> on her phone. Uh, but yeah, Sven Guli actually showed Duel and I had it recorded on DVR and I watched part of it but I didn't get a chance to finish. We'll
2: have to watch it again.
1: Yeah. And anyway, but so oh, it's, go it's, off, it's, it's scary <laughs> there. Great show oh, though. But yeah. Uh, but Okay, so now, speaking of movies, I so want to move on. Uh, Mulan, the live action Mulan, yes. has been moved. Because they still want to put, it, I was thinking they're going to put it on Disney Plus. But no, so August twenty first, they are they're set. They're planning to release that to the theaters. Good. August twenty first. Also coming to theaters. Um, you know, I don't know if I wrote this in my notes next, but I want to just throw it out there. Um, it's not happening near us. Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, they're going to put it out in theaters starting July 1st. Mm. If you go to ghostbusters.com slash movie night, you can find out if it's playing anywhere near you, and you can order tickets. It's, it's an event. I did not see anything near The closest nearby to us was like, not, is it Bolivar? It's, it's not playing anywhere in Kansas City at this point. But you can go see Ghostbusters on the big screen because they, they have an official Ghostbusters YouTube channel that's putting a lot of great video. They are still trying to pump up and say, hey, yes, we do have that new Ghostbusters movie coming. Stay excited. It's coming. So uh, speaking yeah. of going to movie to see old movies uh, or old things here. Uh, something else going on. Uh, we just found out. We, now we'd already heard that they wanted to kind of reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Mm-hmm. Basically, reboot. I mean, I'm sure it sort of fit, still fits in the same universe as the previous films. They just wanted new characters. So what they've got here, they got Margot Robbie because she's she's popular to a lot of people. Uh, I I haven't seen her in much personally. Uh, but she's teaming with Christina Hodson for the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Christina Hodson was writer for that Birds of Prey movie, which I heard a lot of mixed reviews on that one. Uh, I'm gonna say that that seems probably to set a tone for what they're going for, for this new Pirates film. I'm gonna wait until I see something because I've been burned by Pirates of the Caribbean movies for four. There was of those other movies. I liked two of them.
2: Yeah, the first one was pretty good.
1: First one's good, and I kind of liked the other one. A lot of the other people didn't like the uh, On Stranger Tides. Yeah. But it felt a little bit like an right. Indiana Jones yeah. movie. Well, okay. I, what, I, what I really enjoyed about that movie is The Mermaid and the Missionary. Their mm-hmm. story was good. Well, I liked I like. that. That's what I liked, the that's what I liked about it. The rest of the movies, I could really yeah, do that. The without. newer one was okay. It was all right. The newer one was trash. Yeah. I it, was I, right, but... I, I, it annoyed the heck out of me. And I was excited about yeah. it because it looked good. But my then least, I was so disappointed. My least favorite had to be the third one. The, the, that's the Stranger Tides. One. No, no, wait. That was the, the fourth one. That was the fourth one. So it's the fifth one. The fifth one's terrible. I'm Stranger about Tides the, was the third one. The third one,
2: one. That one was stupid, but it was kind of fun. <laughs> the I, third one. I, I just thought that they made a lot of mistakes, but that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's but what it is. the really, first one I, though was really good.
1: People, people, the thing is, people have been going to those movies really for Johnny Depp.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, I think that's been the big draw. Yeah, that's been about all. So
1: of now you're taking Johnny Depp out. You're putting in Margot Robbie. Does she have the draw of Johnny Depp? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, she's a very pretty actress. I've only seen her play Harley Quinn in one. I saw Suicide Squad. That's the yeah. only thing I've seen her in. And I think she made a pretty good Harley Quinn. Yeah. Now, I, the this newer movie that they just did, The uh, the Birds of Prey, looked terrible. Yeah, it's not my thing. But, it didn't. Oh, I, I was And I was kind of like, this could have been good, but it, did, it just didn't look good. I, the after mix reviews was like, you know what? I'm not going to spend money to see this movie. Just it didn't my opinion sound like it that good.
2: I almost would think this should be a straight to Disney. Thing, Disney Plus, yeah. And then and then make movies from that. See how it does. Well, you know,
1: it does see on the on Hollywood Reporter called it a franchise reboot, but I'm still I'm sure it's still the same universe. Uh, but they are talking about Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin are somehow behind this. Uh, will this be a good movie? We don't know. Yeah. I'll wait until I see something. Now I mean they're there's like a lot of mixed history on any female pirates. A lot of women pirates. If even you watch the thing on the History Channel, they talk about they had to disguise as men because a lot of sailors thought having a woman on your crew was bad luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are stories of some actual women pirates. So, but this does seem to be part of uh, the mentality where we want to have more women characters on yep. stuff, whether it makes sense or not. Yep. Uh, I will. I will just say one word, and I'm going to leave it here. Red. Disney fans will know what I'm talking about. We want the red. End. <laughs> Well, we, we got something else. But I, I don't want to... There's been so much said on it, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone, Boy Scouts of the Caribbean. <laughs> Moving on to our next thing. Hey, you know what I got a list of right here? I got all the new releases coming to Disney Plus here in Yay. July. So let's just run down this. Well, we're almost there. We'll have now, a couple more yeah, days. Well, heck yeah, for brother. All right. But, uh, oh, and we even... Heck, we... Um, we we, we talked about the trailer park we, we we just watched the trailer but let's just talk about this now uh, and i'll go ahead and let's insert the trailers now mama now the gator got you in the house now the
0: gator uh, give me that shovel come here ah. get him oh. get that gator. Oh. Ah. Ah. the neverland trailer park ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show Father without a father, got a lot farther by working a lot harder, by being a lot, smarter, by being the self-starter, starter your union and the whole Hamilton.
1: Hamilton. Uh, y- y- there's no way you haven't heard about this thing. I, I, I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars to go see it. I mean, it's been super expensive. This uh, bang. the touring, has been super popular. I'm kind of glad. I right, hear Disney Plus, they've, they've edited it a bit. I don't care. I'll get a chance to sit and watch and see what the big deal is. And I already know I do like Lynn Manuel Miranda. Uh, I love the songs in Moana, he wrote those. Uh, I thought he was really actually good in Mary Poppins Returns. I do enjoy the actor. So and this is something he wrote. So I I'm I don't know what to expect from this other than I don't think you're going to see any accurate history of <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. I don't expect it. Um I, I won't get into why it seems kind of odd, the style of it, but I'm going to check it out. I'm, you yeah. know, I want to see what the hype is about. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to try not go on, because sometime, sometimes something has hype so big that my expectations are bigger than what the movie is. Nightmare Before Christmas, I went in there higher expectations than what the movie actually is. And it took me a while to learn to be able to appreciate what it really is. And I do like the movie now, but when I first watched it, I was like, this isn't as good as everybody told me. And it took me a while. Other than the style, of it was really neat, but I was like yeah. the story. It wasn't that. But you, I what? Getting off track. But Nightmare Before Christmas, I actually like Sally better than Jack. Cause Sally's story is much better than Jack's story. Jack is kind of a, a villain until he realizes he's screwed up, <laughs> and then we get to have Oogie Boogie, who is a great villain too. I love Oogie Boogie. He's just he's just nasty. Uh, plus, I love the guy who does the voice of Oogie Boogie. He's he's been a lot of the different stuff. That guy is just uber talented. He's cool. I even like him in. Uh, Let's make music together. In uh, "All Dogs Go to Heaven," uh-huh. he's with a big, big crocodile. Yeah, I'm and good. I cannot think of that actor's name, but he's such a great list singer. He's just personality. I love that guy. So oogie boogie, I love oogie boogie. But Sally's what makes that movie for me. She's got a great story arc in Nightmare Before Christmas. Heather wants to throw something in there. I think she just looked up. Yes, I think Heather agrees with me there. Sally's better than Jack. No, nope. oh, I
3: just looked up because you're talking.
1: Oh well, yeah, I, I always talk fast. You should know this. Uh, my wife is complaining that I talk fast. I know. I purpose, believe me, I slow down for y'all. I really do. But anyways, but so that's when you find the heart of the story. Nightmare Before Christmas is really kind of there, and Sally being is kind of a pivot point for everything, because uh, don't ruin Christmas is my thing, and Jack ruins Christmas, and I love Christmas unintentionally,
2: but, unintentionally because he doesn't think well, things through. He's but, a man, and like and most, we screw up <laughs> most like well, like with most men, men unintentionally with a big. Ignorant hearts <laughs> unintentionally mess up, and it takes a woman to set it straight. <laughs> right?
1: There we, yeah, it kind of does sometimes. There you go. Yes. Yes. Okay, but anyway. isn't that right? Let me go and <laughs> dive in here. Uh, this should have a, a more of a list. All right. So July third, Animal ER. Huh? That I think isn't that what is that it? might be uh, a uh, National um, Geographic series. That sounds like I've heard of that before. Like it's it's got seasons one and two.
2: The big so green. Is, is this a real like uh, an actual? Real yeah, place? it's it's it's. I, I think it's like a documentary.
1: I I hate like emergency room live real stuff because yeah. they'll show too much more of a surgery than I want to see. Yeah. So especially when I love animals, I don't want to well, see them. Hopefully, that's children and all. Well, I mean, you know, this is just, it's good, you know, information. You get to see stuff happens when, with, but it's an emergency room thing. where people are going to bring their animals, and something horrible is probably happening to that animal, I, my heart can't take it. I'm not watching. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I can't do that. Can you watch Old Yeller?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to watch Old, Old Yeller. Old Yeller is a good I'm good not going to watch Old Yeller. Yeller. Not going to happen. What? He's appealing what? to my wife, and she's can't. she's not oh, within range gosh, of the microphone now. I think she's seen it. I'm I'm not watching it. I've heard how it ends. I love the... I love the Big Green, which also known, I think is a soccer movie. Dire of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules. I haven't watched any of those movies. Maybe I should have watched one.
2: I've seen The Big Green, yeah. A long time ago. Oh, The Big Green. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's the poster where it has the one kid that's yeah. in the sandlot and he's got a line. soccer ball. The, the with, yeah, the one with the red hair. Yeah. Yeah. The sandlot's on there, too. I need to sit and watch that's it. I've actually never seen it. And everyone really? told me I should watch that. That's a fun movie. I've seen bits of it, and it's, 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 it's the got fun. that You're silly... Kill me, smalls kill me! I, I never even heard that line from anybody in the movie. I've seen the part that does crack no, me up, or the kid with it. And I've I've met the guy who played Specs when I was working yeah. working at a, 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 a T Bone's game. He was out there doing a fan really? night. Was, they did Sandlot night, and I got to talk to him. That's a good show. I, I was trying to get him onto the show, and I, he seemed like he thought it was a good idea. And I told him so. I've actually never seen it, but I have seen the scene where Specs fakes drowning to oh, get the lifeguard. That's down. tremendous. I that's love that. That's, that's hilarious. It's so bad. When the movie that's came funny.
2: out, I worked with a girl who looked almost identical. To oh my. Hey, hey, it was about that age. So that was, <laughs> that was just too perfect. That's just That, that scene cracks
1: me up because he's kind of got that smile after it's all and like Like, hey. yeah, look what I did. <laughs> look what I did. It's like, oh, you rotten kid. That's funny. You got to uh, watch that movie. Hamilton, we already mentioned
2: The Mighty Ducks. I have not seen that in years. Oh, yeah. The, I remember those shows. And they yeah. even had that cartoon, uh, which was based off that. Had, it was I, not that. The but cartoon
1: basically. might be on there already. I don't know. But Maybe. this is the movies.
2: Yeah. Mighty Ducks. All three of them, I believe. Ice Age
1: Collision Course. I don't remember if we watched that one. Ice Age. I think really with Ice Age you could stop with the first movie.
2: Yeah, I like the first couple.
1: Second, your second one wasn't bad. The I kind of like it. Right, third yeah. one was okay. The they they, they went, gone. they went really downhill. But the, I love the original Ice Age. But you also get Ice Road Rescue, that I know is a National Geographic thing. Uh, Race to Witch Mountain, the two thousand nine version. Uh, I'd like to see the original, but the, yeah. I, I'd watch the new one with, I, with I, the Rock. I think, I just think I've seen part of it. I don't know if
2: the original one's on there, but I thought I saw it it. On might there. be. It
1: might be. Uh, but uh, is that the first one then? I guess Race to Witch Mountain. Then there's Escape from Witch Mountain. Is that the second
2: one? Um, I think they did make two or three of the old ones, didn't they? They I made watched two, them. maybe three, but I'm pretty sure it was two. <laughs> escape okay. from Witch Mountain, I thought was the first one, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Well, it's well, Going to Witch Mountain is where they're
1: trying to meet their mothership, and then Escape is something else. I don't know. I, I've heard podcasts and go through the whole series and talk about it before, but I haven't watched them. Uh, Critter Fixers, Country Vet, Season 1. Gigantosaurus season one, Secrets of the Zoo season three, and Solo a Star Wars story coming. Oh, okay. I, of course, already have that on that digitally. I, for one, liked it despite having I the do. fire alarm pulled in the middle when I was watching in the theater. Oh, oh, I no. enjoy Solo. The I dude. would like another Solo movie. I'd like a yeah, sequel. Too. I would
2: like to see that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So please, please make another one. Okay. Uh, pre-opening report from Disneyland. I have no idea what that is, but I'll watch that one. Diary of a Wimpy Kid: The Long Haul. I have a feeling all the Diary of the Wimpy Kid movies are coming. I think I've seen that with the with the original might be up there already. Disney Junior Music Lullabies, Lost City of Machu Picchu. That's I think an older movie. I have to look into that one. Uh, the Musketeers at Walt Disney World. Oh, that's fun. I've seen those before. That should be fun. Yeah, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. <laughs> I remember that was a that was a Disney XD show. Wild like- Chile Season One. While what Chile, you know Chile, the country Chile. Oh, okay. Wild Congo season one, Wild Sri Lanka season one. You can learn a lot of stuff about the world. You know, you can learn a lot actually on there. I've even been learning. I've been watching. Uh, Bill Farmer has a great show, A Dog's Life. Oh yeah. Where he goes, all these different dogs that do all these different things, and like rescue dogs. I, that was pretty neat. We oh, were yeah, watching yeah. that one yesterday, where they had rescue dogs, where they learned to smell smell a human. For when, like, an earthquake or something bad happens and people are buried in rubble, how they train dogs oh, that's awesome. to find you. That's wonderful. Oh, it was, it was so neat, all the different th- things. And we even got to watch the dogs that go, that that are make companions for cheetahs at zoos, like the Cincinnati that's Zoo. Awesome. Heather really wants to go to the Cincinnati Zoo to see their cheetahs and stuff. I've actually thought And a bunch of that. stuff they got at the Cincinnati I've actually Zoo. thought
2: about getting a dog, because dogs are pretty great. I've thought about getting a dog for me because I have I, I suffer from seizures. Yeah. And Maybe thought, you should
1: have one. That I've
2: thought about because they they actually do have specially trained dogs. Yeah. For such, and I've thought about it. I, I really do love doggies. I do. Yeah.
1: This
2: but way. it's if you haven't
1: watched it, Dogs Life. It's hosted by Bill Farmer, which who doesn't love Bill Farmer oh, anyway? he's great. You know, he and he does. His- he plays. Sometimes he'll, he'll Pluto bark at a dog. Yes. Yeah, sure. Because he's now he's Pluto too. Of course. So because his, his goofy voice will come out, and he oh, always well. has fun. Where they said <laughs> whenever they mention, "Well, my dog's a little goofy," he goes i just like, you know, <laughs> of course. That was my worst goofy I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, anyways, moving along. July 31st. This is a long, long list. Alaska Animal Rescue. Animal Showdown. Best Job Ever. Big Cat Games. That might be fun. Cradle of the Gods. Destination World. Dr. Oakley of the Yukon Vet. Fearless Adventures with Jack Randall. Hidden Kingdoms of China. That sounds fun. Hunt for the Abominable Snowman. India's Wild Leopards. It seems a lot of uh, National Geographic content. Yeah, this is in the last of July? July, July 31st. Uh, Jungle Animal Rescue. Kingfishers. Lost Temple of the Inca. Marvel Funko, seasons one and two. Oh,
2: that sounds fun. I don't know what that is, but I'm there. Marvel Funko. Hey, you know how I feel An about An animated series that looks like
1: Funko characters. Hey, would be you kind know of how fun. I Funko Pops.
2: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of them, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, Muppets Now. Hey, guess what? We got a trailer for that one, too. Yeah, we do, yeah. A Disney Plus announcement with Kermit the Frog and Joe from Legal. wait, what? Uh, Joe, we're shooting something here to help spread the word about how the Muppets are creating an incredible new show for Disney Plus.
0: Mm
2: Mm-hmm, I'm listening. Hey guys! Oh, hi, hi! It's gonna be wild and funny. (laughs) And
1: it's going to feature some new friends,
2: friends like. No details about celebrity guests or content may be proffered at this juncture.
1: Uh, but general, look, I-, I was just going to show everyone. Whoa whoa, could...
2: whoa, 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 over my dead legal
1: briefs. <laughs> you look gorgeous, by the way.
2: I wasn't fishing, but I'll take it. What can I say?
1: The Muppets are getting together to make some fun things for Disney Plus? Is that what you want me to tell everyone? Perfect. What do you mean perfect? Surviving the Mount St. Helens disaster, weirdest, bestest, truest, and what Sam sees. A lot of these I don't know what they are, but I'll, you know, this is what's coming. But Muppets now! I, they, that trailer really doesn't seem to show exactly what's going on and Joe from Legal of course wouldn't let Kermit tell us that much <laughs> well you know <laughs> I hope Joe from Legal is part of the show I liked him yeah he was he was he's funny seen, I bet he is I, I, he's got to really, be
2: he, he seemed like a real fun character and I couldn't tell if he was like a little otter or a squirrel I think, You know, he reminded me and I could be wrong he reminded me of one of those otters remember the old otter movies you and I used to watch at Christmas the otters uh, the, the um Emmett um, otter Emmett otter. otter he reminded and I think he was one of them but he reminded me of a little those. bit. And he's got
1: that style. That style of wearing him. a suit and glasses.
2: Yeah. So he may not be, but he at least reminded me of those types of characters. you yeah. To have once in a while. Yes. Jim indeed. Henson is one of my all-time favorites. Speaking of Funko, I recently about oh, I say recently, more like three or four months ago, I ordered a Jim Henson Funko Pop uh, character of Jim Henson, and he's holding a Kermit. Oh. And I love him. I just oh. love because I love Jim Henson. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just love him. Uh, he's one of my favorites of all time as a kid. I used to draw all different people that I always wanted to uh, emulate and imitate and that I always respected greatly. Walt Disney was one. Yes, Jim Henson he. was one. I oh, love indeed. him very much. Stanley. Oh, Stanley was yeah. another Walt, one. Walt Disney, I, Jim Henson, Stanley. I I there were yes, a couple others. And when it comes to those things, it, it, not that he's even close to these guys, but as far as the wrestling thing, I used to think that Vince McMahon was one as well. But not like, like those men yeah i like the, oh uh, Dr. Seuss was, yeah you, you know he, in that in that sense uh, I, yeah. I, I have to say that
0: uh, I don't know if I hold
2: him up in the same esteem no but, not the but, same esteem they didn't do but but I do love some Dr. Seuss but he had his own style yeah he did he, he was also I mean I don't know if you all know this he was also a um, used to do political uh, comic strips yeah and, some, I think he did some satire didn't he? Uh, he he did I have the books on that oh wow that he did during World War II that's what he did yeah um, also, I loved Mr. Rogers, who I thought did yes. a lot of great things. Oh, boy, what a good guy. Good old Mr.
1: Rogers. But, yeah, we're getting off track on a bunch of people. But that's okay. Uh, it's time to turn a little bit of corner. And there was a new story that broke that we want to be able to talk about. To Disney
2: and beyond.
1: Oh! All right, so our main topic, really, today. Uh, now, I want to open this up by reading. That this was very interesting that Jim Corcus uh, put this article out on Mouse Planet. Before the announcement happened, because there were some rumor things going around and people trying to start a petition and that kind of thing. Now, Jim Corcus, he said, when I, I asked him, I said, hey, can, you, can I just read this article? Because apparently he's been super busy when, when people were talking about this. Everybody wanted to get Jim Corcus's opinion and, and all these podcasts were contacting And I just emailed him and said, hey, can I just read this article? I think it's a good article. And he says, make sure when you read the article, tell everybody if they go to Amazon, find his book, Who's Afraid of Song of the South by Jim Corcus? I think I would like to buy, a, I would like buy to. it. Buy that book. Uh, I've got I've got at least one of his books. I need to get more. He's uh, good old Jim. Uh, now uh, some people try to criticize. Uh, they claim he's plagiarized some stuff. That's a whole other issue. I'm not even in touch. Uh, Jim is a good guy. He's so full of information. Uh, I I I don't know if I should mention everything, but he he's got some manuscripts that are kind of on hold because of the COVID thing so that we do expect some more books and I'm hoping we get them out because he's got something he's aiming to come out for Halloween if everything comes out and that book gets published by then I want to have him come talk about that book uh, but yeah, good old Jim. Buy, go buy his books. Go to Amazon. Go buy his books, or go to Theme Park Press. I think even some of his that way like, he gets the money directly. Because if you if you buy a used copy, you know it doesn't go directly to him. But let's keep Jim going and writing because I think he writes great books. He's a flood of information. Uh, I love talking to him. I have him on. Hey, when I have him on, I don't even have to talk. I just sit back and I learn things from Jim. Uh, but let me go ahead and read this article here that he wrote. I'm going to move the microphone over here. Because I've got to turn my head to read this. It says, uh, this of course, it's writing in Jim's voice. Uh, I got blindsided last week when suddenly got requests from podcasters, websites, and local reporters to comment on the initiative to re-theme the Disney theme park attraction Splash Mountain that was inspired by the movie Song of the South to the Disney animated feature The Princess and the Frog. I assume I was contacted because I wrote the book Who's Afraid of the Song of the South and have previously talked about the film at events. Song of the South has always been a controversial Disney film, which is why the company voluntarily pulled it from theatrical distribution in 1986 and has never released it on any version of home media. At least not here in the States. As a result, many misunderstandings about the movie and its content have been generated over the decades since people have had difficulty seeing it and must rely on false representations from others. Filmmaker Spike Lee considers the film racist, but admitted to Disney legend Floyd Norman, he had never seen it when he made that decision. Sliding down here. Okay. It is important to remember that Walt Disney considered the film as much a fantasy as his other previous films and not a documentary. His intent was to share American folklore rather than once again utilizing European fairy tales. Certainly, the tales of Uncle Remus are very important to the history of black America in terms of providing hope and joy for downtrodden people. However, the point is that no matter how someone feels about the film, it doesn't have much to do with Splash Mountain. CEO Michael Eisner insisted that there be no reference to Uncle Remus or any human beings at all for that matter. The problematic scene from the film where Brer Rabbit is trapped by tar was transformed in the attraction to him being trapped in honey. Basically, few if any guests who ride the attraction know how, know much about any connection to the film, except vaguely and in addition, none of the problematic aspects of the film are depicted in the attraction at all. Changing an attraction is not as easy as it seems. Even making minor adjustments to an attraction requires time and money. The Walt Disney Company might decide that the time and money would be better spent on something else, especially with the business losses as a result of the pandemic and the challenges with now handling seating on the ride for social distancing. Shifting Splash Mountain to A Princess and the Frog from 2009 theme causes some concerns as well, not the least of which is that the film was not as financially popular as other recent films like Frozen from 2013, so it might not attract a larger audience. Transforming Maelstrom at Epcot into a Frozen attraction and Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disney California Adventure Park into a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction were done to take advantage of more popular recent intellectual properties and ones that were sparking sequels and demands for merchandise. Those factors made an investment of time and money a good business decision because it would generate more attendance and income. The Princess and the Frog seem to delicately sidestep the issues of racial inequalities during the time period that it was depicted. Tiana is rejected for a loan for her restaurant, probably more because she is a woman and single challenges that other Disney princesses faced rather than that she is African American. Are Dr. Facilier, Mama Odie, and the concept of voodoo itself racist stereotypes? Is the LeBouff family an example of white privilege, and are they ridiculed by their comedic portrayals in the film for it? In addition, 1920s New Orleans was more urban and fancy than the rural backwoods look of Song of the South that is depicted in the overall design of the Splash Mountain attraction, so that would entail a significant overhaul. The delightful characters in the attraction would seem out of sync with the Princess and the Frog, so they would not be able to be reused effectively, so that would increase the cost. Shifting Splash Mountain to the Princess and the Frog opens up a Pandora's box of possible questions and problems without significantly enhancing the enjoyment for guests. Splash Mountain opened at Disneyland on July 17, 1989 and 3 years later on July 17, 1992, at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Officially the attraction was not dedicated at Magic Kingdom until October 2nd. 1992, but was up and running in a soft opening for roughly over two months during the summer. And I'm going to pause back there to mention, did you see Ernest write Splash Mountain? Their oh, way to yeah. kick it off at Disneyland. Yeah. Love it, love it. I think we've even played a lot of some of the audio on this show. I love that one. But yeah, that was such Ernest. a great yeah, launch. Yes, Ernest. gotta love Ernest. I, I can't think of Splash
2: Mountain without thinking of Ernest.
1: I can't either. Not anymore. Not to ever watched that one. No one what I mean? I
2: watched it when it was on the very first night. Oh, I wow. I recorded
1: it to my father and I watched it back over and over. Oh, goodness. It's on, it's on YouTube. Yeah. I've watched a few times. Uh, anyway, okay, so strong business reasons motivated the creation of Splash Mountain. First, Bear Country, a honey of a place in 72 at Disneyland, was suffering. Even though it had the popular WW attraction, Country Bear Jamboree, that show was the only thing to draw guests to that area. There were a handful of other items in the area, like a restaurant, a small arcade, two merchandise shops, the Mike Fink keelboats, and the Davy Crockett Explorer canoes, but those were not enough to attract guests away from other fun-packed lands. Bear Country was a dead end. Guests had to enter and exit through the same pathway. There was no other option than being stuck in that horseshoe bend of the Rivers of America. Even on a busy day at Disneyland, as little as 2% of the daily guests ventured into the area, and it desperately needed at least one other big attraction. Second, Executive Vice President, basically head of Disney Parks and Resorts, Dick Nunes, had had long been lobbying for a water flume ride. Six Flags Over Texas got a log ride in 1963 from Aero Development, who had created many of the Disneyland rides, like the Matterhorn Bobsleds, and it was instantly popular. The Calico Log Ride... Whoops, I went too far. Uh, no, 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 sorry, pausing on the looking... Okay, there you go. The Calico Log Ride, later read... Whoa! What just happened? Crazy computer. Alright, we so we're talking about the Calico Log Ride, which I think is the one they were talking about in Texas. Let me... Wow. Okay, it, it, it accidentally scanned me all the way down. Okay, there we go. All right, laptop, and I'm using my finger on the thing, and so... All right, but let me continue reading. Sorry. The Calico Log Ride, later renamed Timber Mountain Log Ride, at nearby Knott's Berry Farm, was designed by Bud Hurabut and it was a themed experience to capture some authentic aspects of the California logging experience. It opened July 11, 1969, with actor John Wayne taking the first ride with one of his sons, and it was a huge hit that remained so for decades. Young Tony Baxter skipped school to be there on opening day and to check out how the ride worked, like how the logs were pulled pulled up an incline without chains. However, the more newness argued that other parks had long flume rides, and the more the Imagineers argued back that it was the very reason that Disneyland shouldn't have one, because Disneyland was different. Third, the Lands attraction "America Sings" had opened June 29th 1974, with much hoopla to take advantage of the upcoming bicentennial celebrations. Utilizing the Carousel of Progress stage and audio animatronics, Eagle and Owl took guests on a tribute journey through the Great American Songbook, as performed by a large cast of audio animatronic animals. I wish I could have seen that. I've,
2: yeah. I've gotten here the audio. Yeah, it sounds like serious. a lot of fun, it's, yeah. and it's got Burl Ives oh, in there. Burl, you know how I love Burl yeah. Ives. Yeah. His voice, he has, he's such character. Yes, indeed. He is love, bro. Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces. I saw a video of it. Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen some video. Yeah, on
1: YouTube. And it was, I loved it. And, it's, you know, they can't get good quality video because it was 1970s. Yeah. Well, so it was
2: 76 because it was the bicentennial year. Oh, yeah, yeah, was the yeah. Because they, they had it out right in time for it. Yeah. Cool. And, yeah, Mickey and all, it was great. Yeah. Uh, guess, yeah, but... Well, we'll get into why that's important in a as, bit. As, as, sure. as a kid, I remember seeing uh, pictures because we had all the records and all of different things, and that was on there, parts of it. And I remember as a kid seeing the animatronics of Mickey and Goofy and others, and I remember thinking, well, I love the way Mickey looks. I love the way they all look, and why don't they have Mickey and them in rides like this? Because it just looks so great, and... I've always thought that, that would be the perfect ride to have a Mickey World, you know, in a ride like that. It, was before they had. it happens it now. Down now, now we, they do. we got that one. But, but it took them a while yeah. to do and I And they the, had to they, take out the great movie ride to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't got to see that yet, but it just took them a long time and it's so great that they finally have done that. Yeah. They, I don't think they should have necessarily taken that out to do it. They could have put it somewhere else, but still the point is is that Although I, so, I, it looks really neat. I want to There's so much that it, it that it's it's a shame it's it's taken us all to figure that out that Mickey is one of the biggest stars ever I mean you know age doesn't take him around truly (laughs) right, so I gotta figure out where I left off now
1: Uh, how okay Okay, yeah. However, a decade after opening, the show has significantly decreased attendance and had seemed to have outlived its original focus, as well as sparking questions about how it themed into a Tomorrowland environment. That's, that's a good question, I guess. The Walt Disney Company planned to close the attraction, which it finally did on April 1988, and install something else. All the charming America Sings audio-animatronic characters would be stripped and cannibalized for parts because nothing gets wasted. We know that. Not even an idea. That's right. Sitting on the Santa Ana Freeway, Interstate 5, trapped in the Southern California commuter rush, Imagineer Tony Baxter was hit with the inspiration for a new Disneyland attraction, wrote Imagineer Bruce Gordon, who was a show producer on the Splash Mountain attraction. With the Anaheim Hills as a backdrop as he impatiently waited in traffic, supposedly Baxter had an epiphany that Disney could design a traditional e-ticket attraction that would be a mountain log ride and repurpose and save America Sings Audio Animatronics to tell the story of the Disney animated feature Song of the South from 1946. It would solve all three challenges. Okay, I need to scroll down again. I'm going to not mess up this time. He rushed into Imagineering and enthusiastically convinced his fellow Imagineers that that is the legend and it is a great story. Uh, he's got a... This is in quotes here, uh, by the way. I, since you're not being able to see what I'm reading, I just want to make sure it makes sense to you. Okay. I can't say I actually thought of Slash Mountain on the freeway, said Baxter to interviews in recent years, but I did ponder... I can't do a good Tony Baxter voice. I'm sorry. But I did ponder it on more than a couple of rides to and from work. I would say that I definitely had time to think about it while sitting in traffic. I don't know. Tony Baxter's got kind of a fun, neat voice. Uh,
2: I can't do it. I sorry. you are trying to do George W. Bush or something. Or George Bush, I mean. Not uh, George W. George Bush. You
1: heard it here, folks. Tony Baxter sounds like George W. Bush. Not George W. George Bush. <laughs> oh, the original. <laughs> All right. So when Baxter did finally formulate the idea in the summer of 1983, he did excitedly propose it at... Uh, at Imagineering, as soon as he got into work. Now that's interesting. I'm a little confused on some of the years because we we talk about stripping it down in like '88. I thought, let me back up. I might have messed misread, misread something. Yeah, well, I guess they closed they closed the attraction in '88, but I guess maybe he had the idea. So they were probably talking about repurposing after '76 anyway. I guess so. He had the idea. Hey, why don't we do this in '83? So Tony came up with the idea and suggested it that morning after being trapped in traffic and uh, trapped in traffic. And by the end of the first day, I thought for all I was repeating myself, and we knew that the show was going to be, stated Gordon. That's the fabulous part of the attraction. We heard the idea and it just clicked. It was natural. Show designer John D. Stone came up with a storyboard that showed what the attraction would look like, and Splash Mountain was on its way. Imagineer Mark Davis had animated on the film The Song of the South, and his designs of the animal characters in American Sings were reminiscent of that same style, as was soon discovered when the Imagineering Information Resource Center was rated for model sheets from the original film. The Imagineers watched the film several times to get a sense of the story, the colors, and the characters. The three of us, Tony, Bruce Gordon, and myself, literally spent the next three days in Tony's office preparing about 30 storyboards and outlining the entire project recalled Stone in a 1989 interview. I don't know what uh, Mr. Stone sounds like, so I just threw a voice you knew it was somebody talking and not Jim Corcus's voice of narration. I'm, I'm trying, folks. This is a longer article than I remembered. Right, so the character sketches were pinned up on the wall next to a list of scenes from the film, each of which would be transformed into a scene on the ride. The characters were divided up by type, happy, lazy, silly, then matched with the scene where they fit best, wrote Bruce Gordon in Disneyland, The Nickel Tour, 1995. When they discovered that they had leftover audio animatronics, they were incorporated into a big showboat finale. And I, I love that finale. It's wow. really fun. I really like the when they get to the, uh, the, the fish and hole and how that's where I'll, like you can see those America sings characters, oh, yeah. all the different oh, animals out there fishing and stuff it, yeah. It's, it's just great fun. They yeah. really fit in. It's so much fun.
2: One thing I like too that they did, for, for any of you who know the movie A Song of the South, there's a part where they have a frog in that movie, an animated frog who is dressed similarly to Uncle Remus. He's similar, very similar to him in his dress and also, uh, and I'm talking about the way he's dressed, and uh, the fact that his style of talking and all is very similar to Uncle Remus. So in the ride, when you're waiting, you see that frog, or at least the shadow of the frog, sitting there talking in a rocking chair like you see Uncle Remus's shadow in the film. The, the cool thing is, is, obviously you can't have Uncle Remus in on that ride. You can't do it. So they put the frog in Uncle Remus's stay in his place, which I think is very smart. Yeah. Because obviously you can't, obviously, because you can't have humans. Yeah, the and right? humans. And also can't. you can't have Uncle Remus because that would seem, you know, that's obviously, it could seem racist. Even though it's not, but people yeah. think of it that way. So anyway. Yeah, I'm going to
1: skip down because he gives, I, I'll, I will link this article up. Uh, on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, because it's he basically gives every little detail about Splash Mountain. Yeah. Uh, and I want to be able to move on and have some discussion. We're yeah. running out of time. Uh, but I do want to say you know, the, the dedication took place at approximately 10.30 a.m. with actor Jim Varney, Ernest, uh-huh. uh, and 12 celebrity Nordic. children, <laughs> along with Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Mickey Mouse, turning on a big water pump to fill the ride and create a splash. I remember that. The ceremony took about 15 minutes. The attraction is at three Disney theme parks: Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Tokyo Disneyland. There are some slight differences between all three in uh-huh. terms of duration, length of flume, and number of drops. Although all three feature the same scenes and a fairly identical layout. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to just go to the very end, as if so he says at the end. Wrapping a lot of this up, so the question is whether changing the theme of the attraction to The Princess and the Frog is a wise decision financially and emotionally, given the exorbitant expenditure of time and money it would entail. Now, here's my thought. I think for Princess and the Frog, what would best fit the film is a restaurant. Make Tiana's Palace, deck it up in 1920s New Orleans style, get you some jazz bands playing, some Cajun food... That that would fit the theme of the movie. Have, have Tiana's restaurant. Have characters. Ha, have her there. An animatronic Louie, maybe, could be that, up there you know, pretending to be playing with a jazz band.
2: Have it, you know, even, of course, I wouldn't suggest, Prince either, I wouldn't suggest that you have a, a I was gonna getting ready to say, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever been to the, what do you call it, Crystal Palace with, with Winnie the Pooh characters walking around. That's great. I haven't been there myself. But it's pretty great. You have Winnie the Pooh characters walking around, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore. And, and, and Piglet. problem is that you couldn't necessarily do that with Louie because he's such a big character yeah. that you couldn't I don't, An I don't animatronic think animatronic of Louis playing yeah. trumpet And you could even That'd have a, fun. a little light come up on uh, What was the character's name? The Oh, the little firefly. Firefly. In you the, have, oh, like a dome sky yeah, and have
1: Evangeline oh, and Raymond.
2: Raymond. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, Ray and Evangeline. could yeah. be like two big dots. You have, the,
2: yeah, but you can oh. even have an animatronic thing of him at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Lighten up, talking. You know, it'd be great. But live music and even sing songs from the movie. Yeah, yeah, you can have it. That would be fun.
1: That would be a fantastic attraction.
2: So, why? It, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I know what's happening and I, I get it right now. Oh, go ahead. You, you go ahead. The question becomes then... All right, and he mentions Maelstrom. And I, I, I totally agree
1: with Jim on this. Maelstrom was struggling. I enjoyed Maelstrom, and I don't, I don't know if Frozen necessarily fits at Epcot. Yeah. But I, I understand the reason, because Frozen was big. Yeah. And so putting in something like that would, yes, make a bigger draw than Maelstrom had. Last I heard, Splash Mountain is not struggling. No. It doesn't make sense to make the change from a business perspective... It only makes sense because of current events, and now Disney says that they've been working on this for a year, but you know, we've had stuff within the past year with, uh, I, don't, I really don't want to get too much into stuff because... Social things, yeah. Because you tick off half the people no matter what you say. Yeah. I just want to look at the perspective. It doesn't make sense to take out something that is popular to replace it because you're afraid some people might be offended.
2: Well, in reality, you're going to offend, as you just said, you don't halfway offend someone anyway. Yeah. People are going to be offended by the changing of it. Yeah. Well, they're not Some so people. much offended, but well, they're they're saddened
1: by it. Well, well, that's what that's I mean. The thing, yeah. Well, but that also... Because there's people who are claiming to be offended by saying, well, the ride
2: is just racist. How is the ride racist?
1: Can you explain that to
2: me? What happens is, usually by people who go through hearsay. Well, you mentioned That's Spike, true. You mentioned by Spike Lee a while ago. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee had never seen the movie and yeah, claimed it was racist. Because he didn't know any better. That's and what, most people don't know the ride has to do with the movie. That's a... Uh, when someone doesn't know any better, the phrase is ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant it just means, means you just don't uneducated. know. uneducated. Right. Uh, but if you have been educated incorrectly and told that you... Someone could tell you you're stupid. For instance, I use the word stupid. If someone told you you're stupid, they're incorrect. You're not stupid. Yeah. You're... But if, that's, if you heard that all the
1: time all when you're a kid, you'd start to believe yeah, it. Yeah, you start to believe it. I thought that, that. I think there's a lot of stuff in our society that people get
2: told, yeah. and they start to believe it, and they build prejudices, even though they're not true. Yeah, exactly. I was told that about myself. That was that was yeah. wrong. It, 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 but you start to think it. For instance, the film, Song of the South, one of my all-time favorites. It came out until I was 10 years old. That was 1986 Christmas. It came they out. put it out in theaters again. And, yeah. and I saw it. My grandpa was one of his favorites. Now, I, remember watching I, I can completely understand where people would think that, uh, especially if, if I happen to be black. I could understand that if people had told me that's what it meant. But I will tell you this. I was four years old. I remember seeing it at the theater. I was, uh, actually, no, I was three. I was three, just getting ready to turn four. But I remember seeing it at the theater. In fact, that year, two movies came out that I remember seeing, and that was the first time I really remember seeing. I had seen them before, but it was the first time I really remember seeing Black people. And one of them was because of uh, Lando Calrissian, because that was the year that... uh, It was 1980. It was the year that Empire Strikes Back came out. And the other one was Uncle Remus, and I loved Uncle Remus. He was like a hero to me, because I have a big imagination, and I love stories. Yeah, and he was a great mentor. Oh, yeah. He was
1: teaching moral lessons to two boys. Yeah. That was... I don't know that that had been done so much that you had that much of a respected type character. That he was, he was Yoda. Yeah, he was. He was Yoda, and I, I think the guy the actor's name was James Best. Am I correct? I was, I'm uh, looking it up right now.
2: No, James Best is from The Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, that <laughs> is The Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, <laughs> and Andy Griffith show. He was on the vote. Yeah, ones. yeah.
1: All right, let me, uh, let me. Uh...
2: But I can't remember what his name was right now. But I do know this: that uh, as a kid, I always admired him, admired him greatly. Uh. I'm going
1: to have to find... I, I'm on songofthesouth.net I'm right now. I'm looking for the guy's name. But uh, that actor, Walt pushed for him to be one of the first African-Americans to win an Oscar. Mm. And they gave him an honorary one. Good, well, good. At least they gave him They that. gave him an honorary. because And the guy's performance is great. He's oh, the yeah. voices of all cry. the... Of Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear, yeah. Br'er Rabbit. He did all those voices. I whoa, 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 whoa. What'd you say? <laughs> He's hey, so great. The guy was so talented. Yeah. And Walt Ex- pushed all for All the that.
2: singing. Hey, to oh. this... R- rather, Zippy Doodah oh. is one of the biggest songs that of ever. That is then. that
1: is some serious Disney history. And to take that out of the park, that would be like taking When You Wish Upon a Star and say, "We're never going to play that. We're not going to play it in front of the movies." Yeah, we can't have that anymore because it's offensive to crickets. <laughs> I even heard it was kind of fun. Disney, the Disney Story Origins podcast. It's like if you listen to Geppetto in that movie, it, it, that's not an Italian sounding accent. It's terrible. It yeah. really is. So that'd be like. Pinocchio is now offensive.
2: We can't do anything. Jimmy Cricket is now gone. We cannot have that song anywhere. That's kind of what they're but doing in the film. In the film of Song of the South, I'll tell you this: when you really watch the film, first of all, know this: it is not pre-Civil War; it is post-Civil War, which means after. Also, when you watch James Basket, James Basket. Also, if you watch it, the film, one of the main characters in it that you don't see very much in the movie because it's only in the beginning and the end is the father of the young boy and the father actually leaves the South to go out and talk against, against the people, uh, who, who speak of Southern things, uh, saying that the race about racist things. So you don't see all that. They don't talk about it, but you know, that's what he's saying. I didn't know it as a kid. I didn't know it until I was older, but the fact is, is that's what he's saying. He's talking against their own old beliefs. All the people, all the black people in that movie are not slaves. Yeah, they're not slaves. They're sharecroppers, they're sharecroppers and, stuff. Yeah. and stuff.
1: So, and because of the fantasy that Walt Disney wanted to create, yeah, they're going to show where they're singing. And he even got he got some of the best African American at the time singers. That yeah. that group that was singing in that movie, well, they were famous at the time. And Walt made them even more put it out there. He wanted them to sing some
2: old spirituals that
1: they used to sing. He he brought that culture.
2: What to about everybody. that wonderful woman who won an Academy Award for Gone with the Wind, who by the way is in that yes. movie? In that movie, and now mm. both of those films are being seen. Yeah. And I've never gotten to see Gone with the Wind. Oh, it's a good movie. She did great. Now she can't be seen on both of those. I can't think of her name right now, so I, but I, I don't want to get, get it wrong. Either. But She actually, I think,
1: did get one. Well, here we go. It's in 1948.
2: It? There it is. The Honorary Academy Award
1: was presented to uh, James Baskett for his able and heartwarming characterization of Uncle Remus, friend, oh, excuse me, friend and storyteller to the children of the world, And Walt Disney's Song of the South. 1948. That's when it was. But I, there's a whole thing on the about James Baskett. I didn't know that he actually, cause I, and I understand some of the people being upset about Amos and Andy. Because sure, sure. It's not, because you had some white people portraying black characters. I, I understand, I get that, but if you listen to the show, it is pretty funny. But James Baskin actually, he met Freeman Godson of Amos and Andy and invited him to join the cast. So as James Baskin was actually lawyer Gabby Gibson. And he oh, got yeah, national reputation and roles in such B-rated yeah. movies as Harlem in Heaven, Straight to Heaven, Policy huh. Man, Comes Midnight, and Revenge of the Zombies. <laughs> Revenge of the, the Zombies, zombies nineteen forty-three. That's great. So James Baskett has a lot of pedigree, and he, but he's he's so good in that movie. Yeah, he's a great. But actor. everybody is afraid of it now. So that Jim Corkus, who is afraid of Song of the South, available on Amazon. Um, so, but that's that's that gives like a reputation that people want to throw onto that ride. Yeah. And so that seems to be the main driving force of changing it, but it doesn't make sense to change a popular ride into something that, I mean, the, let's say so, the movie didn't really make money. Although I like the movie, no, it is too. a good I don't, movie. I don't,
2: I don't hate it. I and, love the villain. Actually, he's a yeah, great well, Dr. villain. Yeah, Doctor Facilier. Was oh, and his voice—the guy' voice oh, is great. Oh, I love that. Actor. And
1: I want to say right now, whatever Disney does change it, you know, it's going to be a great ride. Oh, sure. Even when they
2: change tremendous it, tremendous. Not going to say that this wouldn't like movie, it wouldn't make something wonderful out of it.
1: It will be a great ride if they change it,
2: but. It doesn't feel necessary and, to change what already is a great. And bride. it's not. I, I just gotta say, as much as I do like Princess Bride, it was it was the you mean that, princess, and the frog? princess Bride? Oh, I princess, like princess
1: Bride. Princess Bride. You know what? Disney owns the Princess Bride. That'd Can we great. get the Princess Bride in a Disney park? Heck yes, please! Princess Give me a the Princess
2: frog. Bride ride. Princess of the Frog was was good. I like oh. it. And and yes, that was the very first African American princess, and I'm sure that's one yeah. reason why it was so popular for some folks. And but what I was gonna say was. Uh, I do like that movie a lot yeah however it's not to the caliber in my opinion in my opinion or even to sells to the fact that it, the way it sold at the uh, yeah. risk times as Song of the South or some of the other great Disney classics I still think it's good but yeah I, I really problems. enjoy it, but, you know, Ray made the movie for me. Ray
1: was such a yeah. great character. Well, I was going to say... And, I, and we were even talking about this before. Tiana, I think she's a great role model character because she wants to work hard. She's got some lessons she needs to learn throughout the movie, but
2: but her work ethic and stuff is amazing. Well, just one year later, they brought out a movie that outdid that movie as far as sales goes, and that is uh, Tangled. I love Tangled, yeah. and you know what we get? We get a bathroom for yeah. Tangled. That's yeah. it. That's what I'm saying. Are you kidding me? So I'm saying, was, granted, I, I would love to see it because uh, it's the tower. I'm talking about, but sales, sales yeah. yeah. alone, sales alone. Tangled is it, yeah. it shows you, and, and to this day, people still talk about that movie. So that, I'm just saying that to me, I know that money isn't everything, but it, it shows you what people like. It shouldn't all be about social reasonings. Yeah. It's shit, it yeah.
1: But oh, I don't know. Have we talked about this other Pixar movie coming? It's been moved to November twentieth.
2: Oh, I yeah. Okay. Before that.
1: we get into this, uh, I think we mentioned Mulan getting moved. Yes. But, uh, speaking of uh, good, you know, because we want some more Disney characters, Pixar characters of the African American. Here comes a great one. This I'll looks great. This. Let's. There was a great trailer this week. Let's yes. listen to the trailer. A new one just dropped even today, to like yesterday. Before I record this, Soul. Mm-hmm.
2: Music moves
0: people. I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Music is life. You just need to know where to look. Though we are parting ways, we shall come around to touch eyes again. If love is the foundation, if the purpose be to recycle life, Promise I'll bring lots to work. Spend your precious hours doing what will bring out the real you love, the brilliant passionate you love, love, that's ready to contribute something meaningful into this world Love
2: Get ready your life is about to start
1: Now, this one doesn't show, like, what the main parts of the movie, like, they previously shown where he's, where the, Joe, our main character, is going to die, and the adventures he has of showing a Tina Fey character how great it is to come to Earth. Because she's like, oh, I don't want to go to Earth, I think it's wonderful here but this all this one gets the feels this trailer sure. with like family and the and the importance of music and cuz he's a music teacher and all you know, like he wants to play music for people and and you, you you even get to see like generational like his grandpappy grand that's his yeah. grandpappy teaching him some music and then he passes on to this little boy which i figure is his son I love the family aspect of yeah, showing. I love the music aspect. You want some good African American characters, Soul's going to bring it this November. And this is I am be, so
2: excited. And keep in mind, of course, now I tell you this because I'm a pastor. This is just fantasy. This is not a biblical thing. Right, I'm, I'm right. explaining this to you because I don't want people to come over this. Oh, this is what really happened. This is a, not a biblical thing. This is fantasy, but it's fun, and it's a good it heart. It's and a oh, good heart, and it's it's great okay. heart to That's, this. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it's going to be a good, fun fantasy, and it does look really good. And I this can't wait to so see it. Good. This so lo- good. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. excited. It was it was uh, a but Jamie Foxx?
1: Jamie, Fox Jamie Fox. is playing Mr. Joe in that here. looks really good. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. I love that excited. he's a teacher. He's a, yeah, and he's teaching music. That looks fun. Oh, I'm very excited for this movie. I good music teacher. And I hope that maybe you know this. Maybe this will be a big one because I. I hope so. Honestly, I feel like Pixar is making better movies than Disney is. is. Oh. Hate me if you want to, but I think Pixar has been better over the last few years than what Disney has put out. And when we take an, let's take an example, Artemis Fowl. I didn't get to see it. I think it's worth watching once, but it was. Foul. It was okay. <laughs> that's actually what we called last, last episode. What, Artemis Fowl? Yeah. Now, of course, that's the live action. Now, Disney animated, you know, I haven't seen Frozen 2, and I haven't bothered watching them making it because I haven't. Yeah, because I, I might sit down and watch it because I have access to Disney+. Plus. But, all right. you know, some of the later Disney, you know, and I think they're still there's still good movies. The Disney animation is still putting out good stuff, but Pixar is just making better movies and has been, I think, for a while. Pixar always, and even stuff that people are, you know, the good dinosaur, a lot of people didn't really care for that one. I really think it was good. It's very different. But Pixar always, to me, knocks it out of the park, the way I think old school Disney did. And so personally, I really like Pixar movies better. And so this, I hope this does sell well, and I would like to see Soul somehow another being brought. And I think bringing it into the parks in the form of music would be perfect because from what we've got of this movie, Music and family seems to be a good heart of this movie. I'd love some good music stuff from Soul popping up in the parks
2: after this movie comes out. I assume maybe in a, uh, if nothing else, maybe in their little um, parade or something. Oh, a Soul parade. That sounds like March that
1: down through New Orleans Square. That would be awesome. Over in Disneyland. Heck yeah. I bet that would go over like gangbusters. Yeah, that would be great. You heard it first here, folks. Disney, (laughs) if you're listening to me at all, man, I tell you what. Get a parade of soul marching around, and they might be working because you know they're going to be having stuff in the parks for soul. They'll be promoting the movie, but a parade, soul themed, just you know, just a, even a little thing with some music style from soul going through New Orleans, soul food. <laughs> oh goodness, that that could be great. But so basically, we'll even you know tell me what you think. You know, with Splash Mountain. Do you think it's a good idea to change it? I mean. Not whether or not you'd be excited for Princess of the Frog, because I think we would be excited. Disney sure. making anything Princess of the Frog, we're going to be excited because no, Disney's yeah, going to make that's... something cool. It's just, should they change it from Splash Mountain, or should they make something new? My personal yeah, thing would be a restaurant would be amazing. Have it next to the ride. Yeah, put it in New Orleans Square would be great, because yeah. it would fit so well in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's my personal opinion. I would prefer to see something that I feel fits the movie, because they're going to have to try to come up with something to make... Princess of the Frog fit what's already there, built for Splash Mountain, and to, to theme you're going to have to sp- fit something, Billions. and it won't, it's going to it's going to be awkward. But they'll make something amazing. I always stress they're going to make something amazing. It's just unfortunate that they have to take out something that already is amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's unnecessary. Yeah. So, but well, I think we better wrap this up. And uh, now, okay, being that next weekend is a holiday, I don't know if we'll put anything out. I'm starting to become more we're, we're biweekly. So I, it gives me a lot more time I think to put in some stuff for the show. We're kind of becoming bi-weekly with the the releases. Um, but so the 4th of July Independence Day, I hope you have a great one. Have a safe 4th of July. Make sure if you're if you're <laughs> the town you live in as allows fireworks or not, you know. Go somewhere, stay six feet apart, wear a mask, and blow stuff up. Go ahead, <laughs> whatever. But have fun. I hope everything that you want to do next week is open. But and en- enjoy your holiday. Have a great time. Spend some time with family, and try not to lose any fingers <laughs> because fireworks are awesome. But we got to be careful. Respect the fire. Respect the boom. Have a good one. <laughs> All right. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stripe Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.